Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Tea. First of all, thank you so much to all the love last week on the endometriosis episode. I was so nervous to record it because I really wanted to do it justice, but like seeing all your messages come in and even people being like, oh my God, this is me. I didn't even know this was a thing. Like I just, I'm so happy that I did it. And um, yeah, thank you so much for all your messages. Today I have a lovely guest on with me, another lovely guest episode, um, Jess Dwyer. And Jess is a nutritional therapist and she's a, a long-term friend, which I'll fill you in now in a few minutes. But basically, um, I have Jess on today because she is like the gut health queen. No one knows gut health and hormones in terms of like the pathways and the signs behind it like Jessica does. So today we are deep diving into gut and hormones and why it's so important. I'm so excited to announce Ethos as our sponsor for season two. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably heard of them already. Ethos are an Irish CBD and hemp brand set up by couple Amy and Fergus, who are both extremely lovely people, may I add. They have a range of CBD oils and hemp teas, and they have blended organically grown hemp from Wicklow with adaptogenic herbs, which I'm obsessed with, and botanical extract to support a range of well-being needs. Their rest range supports better quality sleep and their balance range helps to reduce daily stress and anxiety and their active oil and repair balm are focused on reducing inflammation and aiding recovery from workouts. I recommend adding their supplements to your routine if you're looking to improve your sleep quality, stress levels or reduce inflammation. Their teas are also a really, really nice addition to your bedtime or daily routine. You'll find Ethos at most pharmacies or health food stores and they also kindly gifted me 20% off discount code for all of you lovely listeners. If you head to the link in my show notes below, you can subscribe there and it'll be sent straight to your inbox in addition to a gorgeous bedtime yoga track to help you distress and unwind before bed. If you're curious about trying the products, check the digital consultation tool on their website to help you select the right product for your needs or listen to episode one of season two, where I speak to Amy about the science and benefits of CBD. So Jess, thank you so much for coming in. Um, so yes, me and Ash, we graduated together. We were in college together. We go way back. Uh, way back. <laughs> and then I moved to London right at, when did we graduate? 2014? 2014. So we, Gee, me and Jack were basically years. like 20 year old college dropouts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we both started nutritional therapy and CNM together. And no joke guys, in the first day of college, I was like, she's bleach blonde. Yeah. I was like, let's be <laughs> friends, like genuinely. And I, we, we became friends the first day. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I love your hair. And she's like, thanks, I love your hair. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, the rest is history. It was, it was proper. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. And we both had such different. So we qualified in 2014 and Jess filled everyone in. You've yeah. had such an amazing journey since yeah. then. So I went off to London and I started practicing for different medical centers and banks. I was an in-house nutritional therapist for like Barclays Bank, UBS, and I was in Canary Wharf. So I was seeing a lot of corporates um working through those different doing corporate workshops one-to-one work and then I went off and I traveled and I went to Melbourne where I did some research in nutritional psychiatry that was really fun so all about the gut brain connection then I went on to where did I go from there back to London and I started working in a lab so working in the lab I was analyzing a lot of gut tests, a lot of microbiome analysis, helping other clinicians understand their results in the context of like their patient. And I was looking at hormone testing, all this while I was practicing privately. And then I went on to do my master's in personalized nutrition. And I decided to, I love gut and hormones. That's my area. It's my baby. But also I specialize in chronic fatigue, long COVID, ME, and yeah, with that is a lot of complex, different mechanisms involved in that. But we're here about gut and hormones mm-hmm. today and the connection between those two. Yeah, little uh, breadcrumb teaser yeah. there. <laughs> so myself and Jess, how many years have we, like, even when we were in college, we're like, yeah. Jess, I can't wait till we're older and we can just build our empires together. Like we both kind of yeah. knew we go off and do different things because obviously guys about like, I'm so into like Chinese medicine mm. and Ayurveda medicine, which is so different to Jess and Down doing like functional testing. Like mm. we we kind of 
see things from two opposite sides of the spectrum and yet we can both see each other's perspective the same mm. as well, if that makes sense. Um, like Jess often sends her uh, clients to me, I'm like, can you give her herbs? Do you yeah. know, that kind of yeah. way. So myself and Jess finally have put our two blonde brains together yeah. <laughs> and we are launching an online course. <laughs> and well, depending on when you listen to this episode, it's launching March 2023. Yeah. And they will be launching every 12 weeks or so. So in case you listen to this, like, I don't know, summertime this year or whenever it is, just go onto our Instagrams and there's a link in the bio and you can always sign up and register for the course and we'll let you know when the next kind of the phase is, is out. But really, like, in one sense, we're like, okay, we'll do a podcast talk about the course. But also I'm like, oh my God, the, the stuff that we have in the course, I'm yeah. like, this is such valuable, valuable <laughs> information. I haven't really even deep tied it as much into in my mm. podcast so far. Um but yeah, our course is called the Gut Hormone Connection. Mm-hmm. Do you want to fill them in yes. more? So it's a 12-week course, as Ash was saying, and we're really going to take you on a journey of the connection between our gut and hormones and why it's so important when you're addressing one, you're addressing the other. And because me and Ash, we both see a lot of female health um, in our clinic, it's very much like, okay, well, we can't necessarily just address the hormones we also need to make sure are you getting optimal detoxification how is your gut have you got regular bowel movements you know are you pooing effectively so we're really going to take you on a journey during that week and in the throughout the weeks I mean so week one we're going to go through digestive system how it works Mm. then week two Ash is going to go through just the menstrual cycle how the menstrual cycle works. Then week three, we will have a private Zoom with all the group, uh, with me and Ash, where it can be just an open forum, Q&A, what you learned so far, um, any questions on any of the content. And then week four, we're going to go through the signs of gut imbalance. Then week four, we're going to go through, I mean, week Week four, week five, we're going to go through the signs of hormonal imbalances. Then again, we'll touch in with a live uh, Q&A, open forum, any questions that you have. And then we're going through week, where are we now? Week seven? Seven and eight, lifestyle factors. Lifestyle factors. Environmental factors. Environmental stuff. And then another live. And then after that, we're going to go through individual nutrients, things like supplements, you know, what you may want to understand from that. And then the last kind of content week, we're going to go through kind of, you know, understanding birth control, how to speak to your GP, what further testing you may want to get. And then we'll conclude it all in week 12 with a... (laughs) private zoom with the group and that's the 12 weeks and it sounds so easy yeah. like we've been working on this <laughs> we've since been, November yeah. <laughs> so we're so, so excited. excited yeah I think it's we're really like putting all of our knowledge yeah. over the last couple of years in one little place and I think it's just to help people as well like exactly. I know for me I feel such responsibility sometimes because I, we're not into what I feel guilt I think is actually a better mm. word that, and you probably see the same like yeah. I get these emails to women and I was like I physically cannot it's not enough hours in the day yeah. I can't see them yeah. and I've, I feel so bad that I can't help people I know like I know I can help them if that's the worst part yeah. so anyway guys if you're interested in it we're going to leave a link below um, and we're going to get into the podcast today and basically you've obviously heard me talk about estrogen like this is probably not the first podcast it comes up a lot and estrogen is always talked about in relation to hormones but the biggest thing that I think people don't always realize is that it's not just the ovaries that are linked with estrogen your gut and your liver massively massively mm. impacts our estrogen as well mainly the liver which we're going to talk about now because it's so important and I think after us talking about this, you also are going to understand like why as nutritional therapists we get so frustrated when people talk about liver <laughs> yeah. detoxes and things. Oh like, God, these fads and those so juicing programs yeah. and yeah, like the amount of times yeah. I've had clients. Or I find on the other hand, people slamming us talking about liver detoxification, but like your liver is always detoxing, mm. you don't need X, Y, Z, which is fair enough. It is always detoxing and we're not arguing about that, but there's certain things your liver needs to support liver detoxification so let's talk about step one first of all and phase one liver detoxification the best way I describe this to clients is think of a bathtub analogy I know um who is a Carrie what's Carrie's second name Carrie oh my god it's going on my head Fitzgerald Cara Fitzgerald no the hormone oh my god it's gonna annoy me 
have Bradshaw. To, yeah, Carrie, Carrie Bradshaw. Bradshaw. This is her yes. analogy. And I was like, oh my God, she's like the queen of analogies. Yes. And she describes phase one um, liver toxification. And this is talking about estrogen. It's like pouring water into the bath. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all the estrogen is there. Basically, this is the estrogen entering the liver. And what happens first is there's loads of different types of estrogen, basically. And estrogen is broken down into kind of separate metabolites or kind of separate types of estrogen. Is that the best way we'll keep it to mm. keep it simple? And some estrogens are better than others. Um, the goal here is like always with chronic toxification is we want to break down these estrogens and then get rid of them as quickly as possible. Exactly. Yes. So the important is we have the phase one and we have phase two. Now, the reason why we're not exactly, you know, juicing and stuff like that is very good for your for your gut, for your liver. But when you're doing, say, a consistent kind of juicing fast, let's say, your liver actually needs proteins, it needs amino acids. Mm-hmm. And these amino acids are really important for phase two detoxification more specifically. Because phase one, we need micronutrients Mm -hmm. um, as well as some amino acids, but we need our folate or B12, we need B6, we need vitamin C, D, we need N-acetylcysteine. You know, these are very important for phase one. But phase two, we need these amino acids as well. And when we've got kind of phase two, we've got what's called glucuronidation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now glucuronidation is really important because what it does is think of it just like attaching something to the estrogen. So the gut knows to get rid of it because that's where it gets sent. And then the gut then, once it knows that it's gone through that phase and it looks at it and says, okay, estrogen is ready to be pooed out. (laughs) That's great. That's good optimal functioning of detoxification. And then your gut microbiome is really important as well because what can happen is when you've got too much of this enzyme, let's say, it's called beta-glucuronidase. Beta-glucuronidase is, its main function is to break down complex carbohydrates, okay? And it's produced by colonocytes and some intestinal bacteria. And these little gut bugs, you know, E. coli, that's a really important gut bacteria. A lot of people think of E. coli is in like food poisoning. And yes, that's like the shingotoxin form that you can get that causes food poisoning. But E. coli is very important for optimal functioning in the microbiome as well. There's so many benefits, but there's other gut bugs as well. And that produces beta-glucuronidase. Mm-hmm. But what can happen is when there is an imbalance called dysbiosis, this is caused by a bacterial overgrowth. And they can produce too much beta-glucuronidase. So when you've got high levels of beta-glucuronidase then in the gut, and then the liver is sending these estrogens to be excreted, but beta-glucuronidase is there, what can happen is that beta-glucuronidase can just knock off that product that I was saying that was attached so that it understands Mm -hmm. that estrogen needs to be excreted. (coughs) And then what happens is estrogen stays in the body, you've got recirculation of the estrogens mm-hmm. it's not being pooed out so then it can lead to and then much we have a problem. Yes. yes so mentioned phase one those metabolites are broken down phase two then or, or best way I always think with estrogen and kind of mention they beta glucuronidase kind of breaking it down I always say imagine estrogen has handcuffs on and mm. it's on the way to jail right yeah we want to get rid of it they're exactly. bad estrogens on the way to jail our bodies caught them and all of a sudden someone comes along and uncuffs them. Yeah. And those estrogens have the opportunity to cause havoc. They can recirculate. Your body's already like, are you for real? Do you know how hard (laughs) it was to catch them? And this is the problem. So poor gut health massively, massively impacts it. As Jess mentioned there, this enzyme beta-glucuronidase, it's higher in people with poor gut health. Yes. So this is why no matter what I see in the clinic, I'll always say like, are they, what's your digestion like? Are they constipated? Do they have diarrhea? Mm. In terms of phase one and phase two, let's go back to phase one for a second. What can people do to help these phases? So you've mentioned certain nutrients. What about foods? Like what would you add into people's diets here? Well, I would definitely look at um, making sure that you're getting enough fiber. Mm-hmm. Fiber is so, so, so important. So important for our hormones, but so important for our gut. You're also going to get a lot of these micronutrients as well 
in those fibrous foods. Yeah. So, so many times I have women coming to me and they're like, but I'm eating my five a day. And I'm like, no, yeah. five a day is for um, for children. Yeah. Yes, five a day well, is I good. I find the opposite that people now, they're so obsessed with working out that it's like macro counting is protein, fats and carbs. Yeah. And I'm like, your vitamins and minerals are, are literally so your balls. I think about like that the building blocks, that's yeah. what keeps you healthy. Like fair enough, you know, protein, caps, fats and carbs are more for structure. Mm. But these micronutrients, literally your fruit and your veg are what Absolutely. keeps you healthy. Like. Vitamin D yeah. is so important as well. And then hydration, water, mm-hmm. like it's so underrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> water is so, so, so important. Yeah. Um, and then there is like... Your greens. Your greens. Yeah. Absolutely. Your broccoli, um, your, your cauliflower, beetroot. your beetroot. <laughs> you know, you hear me banging on about beetroot all the time. Yeah. Beetroot is, yes, really important as well when we're looking at these different breakdowns um, of the different phases as well, like when we're thinking of sulfation, glucuronidation, methylation, these are all different mm-hmm. kind of subsets of the liver pathways. So your leafy greens, your cruciferous vegetables, mm-hmm. so those broccolis, cauliflowers, rocket, get them all in. And yes, did I say beetroot? I said you said beetroot. <laughs> Are you just like, she joking? <laughs> Yesterday, guys, we were putting our plan together and just like, and beetroot, and, and, and beetroot. And she's like, and yeah, like rocket, okay. and beetroot. And, and I was like, I don't have a beetroot <laughs> Your rocket is my beetroot. My rocket's your beetroot, yeah. <laughs> so straight away, like what you can take home from this. Number one, things are going to slow down phase one, like alcohol, yes, toxins stress. from the gut or from the environmental toxins. Mm. Smoking's not great there. Mm. And then a poor diet that's lacking in nutrients. Yeah, Dim comes in here. I want to talk about dim in yes. phase one. And I have an issue with dim being given by someone who's not a nutritionist. Yes. Um, like skincare salons been able to give skin Acumax which has mm-hmm. DIM in it I might get in trouble of saying this but I actually don't even care mm-hmm. that DIM works in that phase one mm-hmm. part of your liver but it doesn't support phase two so imagine you have all this support in phase one it moves into phase two and someone struggles really really bad with I don't know gut issues they're really constipated mm-hmm. they've really really high levels of beta-glucuronidase which means you're actually almost like putting all these bad hormones together and then going along and handcuffing, unhandcuffing yeah. them all. Like it's almost making hormonal issues worse. So it's really, really important to support phase two if you're mm. on DIM. And this is why you'll see I will only ever give it with milk thistle, mm. which is a herb that supports both phase one and phase two. And I will never, ever give Tim if someone suffers constipation. I literally have mm. my website being like not recommended if you suffer with digestive issues. Like disclaimer, not recommended if you're on a birth control. Not recommended if you're on a lot of medication because yeah. I won't give it to them with milk thistle. So I'm really strict on that. And I think it's so frustrating that someone who works in skincare isn't aware of that. Imagine a girl mm. coming in like most girls we see who's early 20s, hormonal acne yeah. and so constipated. Yeah. like... No wonder Acumax isn't going to fix their skin and mm. it's probably going to make their periods heavier or, yeah. you know, that kind of way. So super, super important. So phase two moves into the liver. Yes. And Jess mentioned most important nutrients here are your proteins. Yes. This is why those juice detoxes, you might be like, yeah, I feel amazing. Mm. You feel amazing because you've cut out carbs. Yeah. <laughs> and carbs will make you retain water, not in a bad way, but that's one of the ways they work. So I kind of feel yeah. like, and also you're getting more nutrients. Like the people who eat five a day now might be having a juice that has you know, seven or eight mm. different juices and they're having it three times a day. Or it's helping with your bowel movements and all of a sudden that you're having regular bowel movements. And you feel better. Or you're yeah. drinking more water because mm. of the juices. So just be really mindful of like, okay, do I actually feel better or is it because of, you know, like yeah. what I've increased? Like you could just increase those things through diet and still eat your proper food. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I am all for fasting. Like I've read the research behind it and there is fantastic research when it comes to fasting. Um, but making sure you're doing it in a controlled manner and you're not letting it go beyond a certain amount of days because then it can actually slow down your metabolism and be worse. We're talking about it all in the context of gut and hormones. And But, you know, outside of that, there is so many mm-hmm. benefits to fasting. Um, but one thing that we also, is important to mention is, you know, when we're talking about estrogens, being, this is also relevant for toxins. Mm-hmm. So toxins can also not be excreted yeah. when the estrogens aren't, and they can also be sent back around the body too. And think of all the other symptoms that can coincide with that when there's circulating estrogens, circulating toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just a little side note on that. In phase two, 
one of the pathways is one called methylation. Methylation, yes. I don't want to go too nitty gritty because me <laughs> and Jess actually had to have a conversation ourselves. I'm like, okay, we can't yeah. be too sciencey here because most of you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but when we're literally like in the corner, we're like, oh my God, yeah, methylation enzymes. Like, oh. So we're trying to be like not completely nerd out. Yeah. But this is so important because I'm sure you have heard the argument folate versus folic acid. Mm. And it's something that grinds my gears. Mm-hmm. GPs recommending folic acid I kind of see it as the same thing like I'm not saying they recommend antibiotics because I have absolutely no training in the area and it's not my expertise mm. can you explain the importance of methylation and why we are so headstrong on folate over folic acid yes okay so first of all methylation is an incredibly complex area um, yeah it is it is there is so much to it but on a very very high level brief overview we have protein again we have this amino acid called methionine Mm -hmm. now methionine predominantly comes from animal-based foods okay so methionine is what it does is it gets methylated okay so that process let's say this methionine this amino acid goes on a journey Okay. Now this journey brings it to what's called our folate cycle. Now there's other processes in there called homocysteine. So anyone that's got any kind of cardiovascular kind of health background might be familiar with homocysteine. And when that can be really elevated, you know, it can cause a lot of um, problems. But when we're specifically looking at fertility, hormone health, fertility, and we're looking at this folate cycle involved in, in methylation, the, the, the core um, focus there is what it does is it brings it back, brings the methionine back from homocysteine. But what can happen here is we can have, which I see a lot of the times with my fertility ladies, is that they have a genetic variation mm-hmm. on what's called their MTHFR gene. Mm-hmm. And so let's call it a SNP on the gene. Okay. And what that can do is it can lower so it can down regulate this folate cycle okay so what can happen is you'll have lower levels of this kind of methylation pathway because this is all so important for detoxification and again back to hormones yeah so let's say you're someone that does have a snip on this gene and you're taking folic acid you're not necessarily going to have optimal function of this methylation kind of this folate cycle let's say you're not recycling this methionine and then that can lead to hormonal issues it can lead to birth uh, defects miscarriages um it can lead to a lot of issues so let's say you're you have what's called a lot of these companies have a methylated folate Mm -hmm. in their formulas that helps with this pathway and it supports methylation if you did let's say have that genetic variation um so that's it in a very kind of high level overview effectively all to support hormones and detoxification so basically some people it's like if they can't activate folic acid to folate they can't use it properly because they don't have this gene to do it and Mm. it's quite common as well Mm. and other things that go along like Jess said there like cardiovascular disease mental health is massive linked with massive yeah Yeah. so when we see clients who have family history of Mm. a lot of mental health issues yeah isn't Alzheimer's linked in here as well with the homocysteine yeah because it's like from methylation if anyone is familiar with like glutathione. Glutathione is a very important antioxidant yeah. in the body um, for detoxification. Um, but oxidative damage, oxidative stress on the body, the, going back to all these kind of antioxidants like glutathione is uh, all tying back around when we're thinking like depression, Mass, it can be massively so all with methylation together. Yeah. So the kind of argument then pro folate, folate is like, why wouldn't you just take yeah. it? It's like yeah. those people will either not be able to absorb it or they will. Like yeah. it's like it. It just is non. I just feel like it's non-negotiable. And I think another ten years and or even five years, and I think mm. most supplement companies will have just been converted then to yeah. Your a lot of them are in fairness, like a lot of the ones that we. Like generally recommend, but, but I mean the, the off other the brands. shelves yeah. kind of brands, yeah, that you would kind of just see in 
And the most popular brands, the one yeah. that people go in when they're trying to get pregnant, we won't mention any names, but yeah. the one that if I said fertility supplement, they're going to think of it first. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. folic acid, do you know, mm. that kind of way. Um, and I so. know I'm bringing up beetroot again. <laughs> I know. Beetroot. I was like, am I going to Jess say it? But no, it's actually, beetroot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the topic is so relevant like yeah. for beetroot. But that methylation pathway, let's say you do have an issue with the kind of folate cycle. Yeah. What can happen is if beet, beetroot contain, contains what's called betaine. Betaine actually helps the homocysteine kind of almost bypass that and go up to methionine. So even if you are, you know, getting the right amount of beetroot in your diet as well, that's also supporting that pathway. So yeah, just there is certain foods, and I think like the word like superfood has kind of gotten a bad rap over the years. But imagine like if you put like a beetroot and I don't know pineapple is pretty good, but even beetroot and pineapple front fuser like. Beaver would be superior for hormone detoxification. Mm. So why not eat that? We're not necessarily calling it a superfood, but now that you know these foods. So taking a step back for a second, guys, number one, we are focusing on micronutrients, your vitamins, your minerals, more than five a day, as much as you possibly can eat. Like I ask for 10. Like that's that's yeah. why I ask my clients to get to. I was like, yeah. if you can get to 10 yeah. portions a day, like just think if you have a meal and you just put a side salad yeah. at the side of your meal, you can get at least five in one meal, yeah. five portions. Like we'd rock it in tomatoes for breakfast. Yeah. And I was munching on strawberries. So we've had three today mm. and it's what, like half, 12 o'clock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like imagine having a salad at lunchtime or do a big stir fry tonight or do a soup or yeah. do have a smoothie. smoothies, like yeah. veggies at dinner time. Like I love throwing beetroot in a smoothie. Yeah. Is that a surprise? <laughs> I actually was try that I never put beetroot so in. Good. <gasps> oh my so god, I'm so good. Do oh, that. it makes it way better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So phase two then we're talking and your B vitamins come in here all the time. Now stress depletes B vitamins. This mm-hmm. is the issue. So sometimes I'm like thank God we have supplements for these. Mm. So people are chronically stressed and you're like, Jasmine, eat my beetroot, I'm up the walls. I'm like, take a piece of piece supplement, you know, that way. Like really think about this as well. Um, sometimes I think it's too hard to get everything from your food when you are stressed. Yeah. So thank God oh, we yeah. have supplements and herbs that we can kind of recommend for clients. Mm. Um, Jess mentioned earlier, your proteins. And what I find so interesting here, what I've been really controversial, is there's also something called choline mm. and your amino acids. It's very difficult to get these from plant-based diets. Yes, and that methionine. And methionine, that's yeah. the thing. So when I look at kind of research, like like Jess said in my house last night, and I was like, do you eat meat? And she's like, yeah, of course <laughs> I do. <laughs> she, I looked at her as if she'd done it. She was like, do you not? <laughs> like, and that's what I was now, now we're putting like the kind of environmental side to, you know, to yeah. one side. Like that's fine. I think we should all try and reduce But we're very conscious with yeah. our purchases. Like 100%. Yeah. But in terms of the, the nitty gritty, the biology, what our body needs and what our food yeah. provides us with, mm. the research says we need animal protein. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Like, I really do support my vegan. Oh yeah, we're not going to be like, no, sorry, I'm happy to go eat this day. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not working with you unless you just. But I think if people are on the fence, and I think, I think we should eat like vegetarians that eat meat Mm. because it's actually really important that you get plant-based proteins in for your hormone support. Mm -hmm. So it's really just about balance. Yeah, because you are going to get more absorption of protein from animal based like you have to eat a lot more of the plant based mm-hmm. to get the same requirement like from the animal based yeah. um, but there you know people are doing it really well these days like yeah. there are and there's some good supplements as well but yeah. so it's about being hyper aware of that there's some people think the, their diet is better but I'm like just make sure you're not deficient in nutrients or some of my exactly. clients say oh my god my hormonal, hormonal issue is actually worse when I went plant based and these could be the reasons why mm. um, so step three you poo it out and good night and God bless the podcast is over <laughs> <laughs> now we have just talked for 26 minutes right now fair enough that was we'll 26 with, minutes well we had an intro there but step three what I mentioned they're pooing it out that seems simple mm. okay but the organs that support digestion we have chew your food it moves into the stomach mm-hmm. we have your pancreas we have your gallbladder we have your liver we have your intestines mm-hmm. it is so Complex. So complex. Jess, give us a minute and a half run through of how your digestion A minute works. and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure. Okay. Um, okay. Very, very brief. So <laughs> chew. chew. You chew your food and you have to make sure you chew your food enough because the amount of times I see people, you know, one, two, three chews gone. Food's gone. I'm like, how? You need to like, yeah. almost when you're having meat, you need to make sure you chew like 35, 40 times. Yeah. And, you know, you can get away with about five to 10 chews for like mashed potato. 
and, mm-hmm. you know, very soft vegetables. But you need to be chewing on average about 20, 20 chews. And your chewing it activates enzymes. It's your it's this your body's way it. of knowing, lads, we're eating, there's food here. Uh, yeah. Stomach, yeah. there's food coming. Like, so, yeah. And it does sound mad. We say to your food, you're like, well, obviously I chew my food. But honestly, but are you being conscious of it um, and actually recognizing that yeah. am I chewing enough? Yeah. It's like a snowball effect. Yeah. So when you chew your food, saliva enters the food. Saliva mm-hmm. signals a nerve at the back of your brain called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve then yeah. knows, okay, I need to send a pulse to the stomach mm-hmm. to start releasing hydrochloric acid from the cells at the lining of the stomach. So then the hydrochloric acid is there being like, okay, ready to, you know, sterilize and to break down proteins. So this is where proteins are starting to be broken down. Now, your stomach doesn't have teeth, okay? So whatever <laughs> goes to the stomach is what's being digested. Yeah. So the hydrochloric acid and the pepsin is trying to get in and break down these proteins. Mm-hmm. And so whatever is not being broken down properly, it ferments and yeah. then it produces gases. And these, this fermentation is what can make you feel like, oh, it's stuck bloated, or bloated. Reflux. reflux. This yeah. is it. So people think they have too much acid. Yeah. But so many people actually what the problem was, they didn't have enough acid in their stomach before the meal got there because they're not chewing their food properly, they're not being mindful, maybe they're eating when they're stressed. So the vagus maybe nerve... Maybe they're on, or on, on medication on, for acid reflux. Yes. Yeah. So what can happen is there's not enough stomach acid there and then the food ferments, these proteins ferment. And then what happens is it can push acid back up the esophagus so it can actually make you feel like you had too much acid Yeah. so then what happens is like from the stomach then the foods go down in past like the pancreas and we've got the gallbladder and this is where enzymes get released from the pancreas you've got bile that then emulsifies fats and the rest of the foods get start to be broken down and then it goes into the small intestine now this is where the magic happens <laughs> <laughs> so in the small intestine this is where we get absorption of our nutrients. Yeah. This is where a lot of our immune system cells, like 70% of our immune system cells are in the gut. It's wild. Right? And it's these little gut bugs that communicate with the immune system and says, hey, 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 immune system kick in. This, There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And then the immune system starts to, you know, come and defend. Mm-hmm. So... These, there's little hairs in the small intestine. Now, the small intestine is huge if you were to take it out. Like, it's, I think it's like 10 foot long. Oh, my God, that's like wild. 10, it's 10 or 20. No, I think it's 10. Anyway, it's really long. And in that tube is like little hairs. These little hairs help you absorb your nutrients going into the bloodstream. Yeah. But what can happen? So let's say the food isn't broken down properly in the stomach. And it goes into the small intestine. It irritates yeah. the gut lining. And then think of that irritating the immune system. So then over a long period of time, these are a lot of IBS clients, over a long period of time, you can become intolerant or sensitive to these foods. Now, when you get kind of reactive to these foods and the gut lining is uh, irritated and those little hairs, those little hairs have little tight holes, like tight junctions that block like toxins and pathogens and you know, things entering the bloodstream, but they can become weak, like permeable and little holes. And it's mo- like erosion. Imagine it's constantly. Yes. Being, yeah. So it's yeah. constantly being affected. Now, there's so many barriers in place to protect you, but long term IBS or gut mm-hmm. issues can really affect this. Like alcohol. When you drink alcohol, it makes your gut permeable. OK, when you're endurance athletes. Oh, my gosh. Endurance athletes. Their guts become permeable. So you have to do a lot of gut barrier support with them. But... Then what can happen is these enter to the immune system and when they're entering the immune system, then your immune system is focused on trying to get them out. And what you can do is you can become immune intolerant to them or you Mm -hmm. can. And this is what can lead to autoimmunity. So thyroid, that's a whole other podcast in itself. Um, And then you go into the colon and then in the colon, that's where water gets reabsorbed and then then it makes feces and then you poo it out. So that's a very, very, there's so much more else involved in that because we didn't even, I know we touched on liver at the beginning, but that's you know, involved in that too. So as you can see, it's so complex. Mm. And even as Jess was mentioning there, like chronic issues. So you probably see this as well. Like I have clients come to me, they're like, I was fine for years and all of a sudden this happened. Yes. 
And I'm like, is it all of a sudden that they mm. might not have been presenting with maybe digestive issues per se, but maybe they were chronically sick for a year. Yeah. They had antibiotics every three months. They had infections that wouldn't heal. They had mm. hormonal acne that wouldn't go away. Mm. And I think the misconception is gut is just digestion related. Your mood, I'm like, actually, well, maybe your immune system was off or yeah. your, sorry, your, your mood was off for a year before these things happened. So it's funny that some people just think, God, it's great. And I've always eaten this meal and all of a sudden I can't eat it anymore. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it's like as if something has to come to head eventually. So eventually you damage those little hair-like projections so much mm. that now your body's like, I actually can't cope with it anymore. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, something has to come Because to head like an important thing there is, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of is serotonin is made in mm. the gut. Yeah. 90% is in the gut. Yeah. And it's responsible for the motility and the movement of your gut. And, you know, when you see, when people talk about the gut brain connection, you know, serotonin, yes, very important there, 10% is in the brain. But if you've got gut issues, it's going to send inflammation up the nervous system. That vagus nerve I spoke about, there's like a bi-directional communication between the gut and the brain mm -hmm. and the gut bugs are all involved. You've got serotonin motility. So yes, anxiety, depression can be massively linked with gut imbalances. So let's go through this kind of practically, right? Let's go through a few little sections and give everyone a tip, right? So yeah. number one, chew your food. Absolutely. Mindful eating comes in here. Guys, mm. if you are running around like a lunatic, piece of toast in your mouth as you're flying out through. Yeah. Now, I'm guilty of this. I sometimes have had lunch <laughs> doing emails like, and I leave the clinic and I'm like, I'm so blown. And I'm like, I'm I like, fully deserve this. Why am I groggy? And then I'm like, oh yes, I had a really yeah, busy day. Why did like, I do I, that? <laughs> I fully deserve this bloat because yeah. I was up the walls. I was eating hummus like out of the package, with you know what spoon. I mean? With the, <laughs> with the oat cake as the spoon. like, And I can recognise that and I know that's poor eating habits. But yeah. for someone who is working at their desk or eating on the go, eating too quickly. Or when you see people walking down the street and they're eating a sandwich while they're walking and looking yeah. at their phone, I'm like, oh yeah. I'm God. like, is your body, I feel like your body can cope with stress or cope with digestion. If you're mm. running from a burning building, you're not thinking about food. Exactly. So, while it's not that extreme on a day-to-day -day basis, be really mindful. If you struggle at IBS, start chewing your food, mm. even put down your fork in between each meal. I sometimes say to clients, don't drink with meals and to not even from like a digestive perspective, more to actually make them. Some people drink so they don't have to chew. Yeah. It's like let your, yeah. your saliva <laughs> be the, the liquid that you need. Um, so that's number one. Second thing then in terms of stomach acid. So what yes. can they do here? Um, we already mentioned, I know it's, it's, we kind of just briefly glossed over it there, but we normally would see low stomach acid linked with mm. reflux. And you guys would be like, are you for real? My doctor said I have too much acid or I can feel it myself. The acid mm. is coming up. But like Jess explained a second ago, if you can imagine you're not chewing your food, it's moving into the stomach. The stomach who's already stressed and mm. already low in acid is like, are you for real? You're sending me undigested food. But also if you're stressed, and back str to what Ash was saying, if you're stressed eating that meal, the vagus nerve is your rest and digest. Actually, yeah, talk about vagus nerve. So your yeah. your vagus what nerve can we is do to support it? rest, digest. This That's is where what the it sea swims come in. Yes. No matter how much I learn about the vagus nerve, I'm like, I will not do a sea swim. I no. just can't. No. I like being warm too much. Five <laughs> seconds of a cold water at the end of my shower. That's as far as I'll do go. Do you do it? Yeah, I do it the odd time. What's even humming? But humming, singing, yes. Singing, humming. Gargling. Now when I tell my clients to gargle, they're like, hmm. I don't know how I felt about the gargling. Um, in some like extreme yoga, yoga meditation. Yoga, yeah. Yes. I was like, there's one I actually don't mind doing, which is yoga. Yeah. yeah. With some of my chronic fatigue ones that are really in the sympathetic nervous system, I sometimes have to do things like TENS machines. And there's this really nice company out there at the moment called um, My Sensate. And it's like, it's literally just a vibrating pebble that you put on your chest and it supports your vagus nerve. Ooh. Really calming, really nice for your meditation practice. You're saying the weighted blankets? Um, that's good, yeah, for your immune system. But it's basically, or not your immune system, sorry, your nervous system. So it's basically everything that's going to help calm your nervous system to shift you more into the parasympathetic. So think parasympathetic, rest, digest, fertility, you know, there's blood flow going to all your digestive, reproductive organs. And then when you're in sympathetic, that's wear and tear. Mm. That's stress. That's fight or flight. That's preparing yeah. to run from a tiger yeah. or, you know, fight a bear. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how we evolved. And we're, you know, it's, we're very lucky that we have that. Like it's a very important mechanism. Yeah. But what's happening nowadays is like people don't understand that there are so many different disguises of stress. It's not just mm -hmm. psychological, emotional, being rushed off your feet, you know, being really busy. If you've got gut issues, 
that's a stress on the body. If you've been exposed to infections, if you're over exercising, mm-hmm. all of these are other stresses on and the body. Exposed, yes, to toxicants yeah, so like plastics, everything in yeah. the environment. Um, you know, all those compound and they are stresses on the body. Yeah. So going back to the vagus nerve, you really just want to, if you're stressed and you're about to eat your meal, just do some box breath before you have the meal. You know, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. Literally just take 30 seconds to do that or a minute. Mm-hmm. And that will calm because that sends signals to your brain to say, I'm We're okay. not stressed. There's no barrier. Yeah. We can stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm breathing. I am okay. Um, it's your autonomic nervous system. So yeah. That's really important as well because that's going to support the stomach. It's going to get, mm-hmm. you know, the the gastrin releasing, you yeah. know, the hydrochloric acid. So that's going to support your digestive system massively. Even there's like hypnotherapies out there you can do as well just to, if you really want to go deeper with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be optimal. Food wise, um, you probably heard hot water and lemon. Mm. Apple cider vinegar. And these are other two things that really get slammed. I think, Mm. you know, lemon water doesn't alkalize the body and that's not what we're doing it for. Mm. But lemon water can be really, really beneficial for supporting stomach acids. Yeah, because it gets gastric juices going and supports your immune system. The other thing just to throw in here now, so we mentioned earlier methylation and B12, like we mentioned your B vitamins. Mm. B12 is so, so important. I see so many women with low B12. The breakdown or absorption of B12 starts here in the stomach. Mm -hmm. So imagine you are low in B12 from here. Imagine your stomach can't absorb it. Your poor liver does Mm -hmm. not stand a chance by the time it gets down there. So really kind of simple tips people can add in here for stomach, hot water, lemon in the morning or apple cider vinegar. The only thing is I'm so aware of people's teeth. But like we're not saying do this forever (laughs) and ever. And we're not saying like... Sorry all the dentists out there. We're not saying an entire lemon squeezed in. You know that way. Fermented food can be really, really beneficial here as well. So like adding something even simple as sauerkraut to your meals. Yeah. Yeah. Your kombucha. Um, In herbal medicine, we would use ginger here. So Mm. like ginger, hot water lemon and ginger. I know a lot of my clients know I love the ginger in there. Um, Other carminative herbs, like you could put fenugreek in your meals. Cinnamon is lovely here Mm. as well. And all these herbs support stomach acid, support your digestion. So there's a few little tips there for the stomach side of things. Pancreas then, probably the main thing, pancreas, like just be careful of alcohol. That's what I always think, pancreas and alcohol. And the importance of your protein, fats and carbs. Yeah. If you're someone that, let's say, gets tired after a meal, you're struggling to break down like vegetables, like, you know, raw salads, things like that, that can be your pancreas. So you may just mean it needs some like digestive enzyme support. Um, and where would you get them from food? If you're not going to give some supplement digestive enzymes, so what foods are you So back to kind of your bromelain, yeah. uh, pineapple, pineapple, especially papaya. in the core. So the core of yeah. the pineapple is where it contains most of the bromelain. So I would get clients to chop it up, all that up and put it in a smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. Because you kind of do, the core normally gets put in the bin. Yeah. So you're and that's where it contains the most. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, like, like, the way. it's like chew down on it for a little yeah. bit. Um so yeah, your bromelain, your pineapple or your papaya. papaya. Yeah. Uh so that's your pancreas. And then kind of over to the gallbladder then. Again, amino acid taurine, so important for mm-hmm. the gallbladder. Um, but again, beetroot. <laughs> Rocket. Rocket. <laughs> Rocket and beetroot. So all your bitter foods, your like bitters. really yeah, bitter. In Chinese medicine, they're absolutely obsessed yeah, with bitter. So we've heard called Gentian. Oh, I don't know what it is in English. I can't remember it. Um, an artichoke. So artichoke yes, is one that artichoke. People, I find a really. You ever actually eat chicory, artichoke? Chicory coffee. Um, artichoke. I love artichoke. But no, have you ever made it yourself at home? No, I've never done I that. I love it when I'm out. If anyone's listening and they know where they ever seen artichoke, let me know. Like, where do you buy it? Oh, you can buy it. Yeah, I definitely have it on all the supermarkets in London. I've um, never seen it. But do you know what? I just. I know that sounds bad because I, maybe I just need to put time into actually figuring out. But I don't know why it feels like it's a lot of effort. Who. I think it's like Chris Kardashian. <laughs> I, I don't even watch them that much. But as an We're amazing artichoke here. <laughs> recipe. But um, yeah, because you can buy it just so nicely, like roasted in like some chili and I've olive oil. I've never seen that oh, here. It's amazing. I put it I on all my salads. Because so, I can never find it. Now I love it. It's kind of, it is bitter. Like it's kind of the sour, it's like a grapefruit. And grapefruit is actually great as well for bottle. Oh yes, grapefruit actually. Your grapefruit, your rocket, grapefruit. Yeah. your beetroot your um, artichoke so I use that as a herb it's called mm. cyanide I even have that in my tonic and I actually feel I kind of forgot about it for ages obviously it's so hard to self-diagnose but for myself yeah. I was getting kind of like um, 
indigestion after eating too much fats. And I was oh. like, this is literally... Gallbladder. Yeah, gallbladder. Yeah, so if you're getting like stomach upset and you're having fatty foods, it could be your gallbladder. Yeah, so adding yeah. in these foods, like a bitter leaf salad. So like even just having some rocket with balsamic. <laughs> Did you say rocket? <laughs> and a little bit of... <laughs> a little bit of beetroot. Of beetroot. <laughs> like we went to college for this. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny uh, fall into like the same yeah. things um, so anyway add those foods in last but not least let's talk constipation for a sec and yeah. diarrhea does come into this as well yes. I would see less clients with diarrhea I think some people think they've diarrhea but when I actually kind of quiz them on it they haven't gone to the toilet in three days and then they've diarrhea once yeah. like they literally have to like the toilet and then the whole process repeats so for yeah. them I would consider they're constipated like it's about mm. if, if they didn't if they're going to the toilet every day they'd never have that loose stool yeah see sometimes then I see uh, people with that they have about five or six bowel movements a day yeah um, I wouldn't see that as much now. yeah um, really really loose stool diarrhea so like if you're seeing that you have diarrhea you know it could be that you're not getting enough fibre as well mm-hmm. yes you could fall in the bracket that you have like something you may be underlining like Good bacteria or inflammation. Yeah, yeah, inflammation. Look out for obviously all the red flags and talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, making sure you're getting enough fibre, making sure you're getting enough water, especially if you're having like five or six loose bowels a day. You want to make sure you're getting enough electrolytes as well. And yeah, so it really does for both of them. Diarrhea, constipation comes back to fibre. Yeah. But if you're noticing undigested food in your poo, go back up the digestive system. And check, are you chewing? Because think about it, if you're seeing it in your poo, that means it's going into your stomach, not broken down. Now, there's common ones like sweet corn and tomato skin that you will see in the stool because, you know, it just, it passes through. But if you're noticing like other foods in your stool, then... You were not chewing. You're not chewing. (laughs) You're not chewing. And then go back to the stomach acid. Yeah. 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 With constipation, Mm. this is unbelievably common. And you mentioned fibre there, but I think there's kind of a caveat sometimes with fibre because fibre people go or people go with fibre and they buy brown bread and they eat all bran and they eat brown pasta yeah. and brown wraps. And I find wheat can really, really yeah, make digestive issues worse. So yeah. with my clients of fibre, I prefer them to have things like your oats and your brown rice and adding quinoa and adding their legumes if they can handle Put it. some and psyllium husk in the smoothie. Yeah, like mm. your flax seeds and adding like loads of fruit and vegetables, leave the skins on, like just... If you find, oh, I actually do feel worse after eating bread, like just use your common sense yeah. there as well. Like that just because the doctor said eat brown bread and eat more fiber and you looked up and said brown pasta, like just yeah. be really cautious of that and maybe look up the other foods like you mentioned there and focus on them instead. What's your go-to for constipation with clients? Um, okay, so if we've kind of addressed the basics first and looked at the diet, looked at water, um, sleep is a real important one as well, making sure that they're sleeping properly. Um, If the constipation is persistent, then um, I would definitely be looking back to the vagus nerve and looking at that, looking at that serotonin pathway also, very important. Um, But some top tips, I think, for that. Uh, Magnesium? Yes, is magnesium. So 100%. Magnesium is one of the most deficient. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yes, there's vitamin D, but magnesium is one of the most deficient nutrients, like, globally. Oh my God, I never gave you magnesium last night getting into bed. Oh, I feel like a bad host. <laughs> Do you I know, my supplement burst, I, I tell you. I'm shook. Because I was like, you have everything. Yeah. You had, like, I gave you everything else and I never gave you yeah. magnesium. Yeah. You, can, you can give me a star down there. But. Yeah, my supplement <laughs> burst in my bag on the way over oh. and I had to change it. And it oh, it stunk. What was it? Like, it, yeah fish oil anyway the so, yes magnesium, magnesium yeah. really important um because we need for women 330 milligrams mm-hmm. daily from our diet now even us as nutritional therapists being mindful of making sure you're getting 330 milligrams of magnesium in your food every day it does take some thought it's so hard it really is yeah. so you know supplement men need like 400 they need double that 430 milligrams a day and if you're exercising, you're stressed, underlying gut issues, you don't have a balanced diet, you're definitely going to have mm-hmm. issues with magnesium. Magnesium is also linked with headaches, migraines, depression, PMT, um, PMT yeah. so before, many yeah. things. Yeah. So yeah, magnesium would definitely be an area yeah. that we want to look at. So magnesium supplement, food-wise, you've mentioned more fiber. I find kiwis so, so good mm. for digestion. I was giving kiwis, my clients hot yeah. lemon, ginger and two kiwis. Kiwis, yeah. And you can put that in the smoothie. 
um, flax seeds, so like yes. milled flax seeds or or grind. even linseeds, yeah. like linseeds, even doing the linseeds, yeah. soak them in water. Yeah. I do that with some of my clients as well, soak it in water yeah. and then drink it. And then that just helps push things down, putting chia seeds as well in the smoothie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, back to the psyllium husk, putting that in as well. I find stewed apple great. Stewed apple, very good for butyrate. Yeah. Helping, again, going Immune. back to those little hairs. Yeah. That helps with those tight junctions. So yes, stewed apple. And what about resistant starch? And yes, but this is this is another thing, and I'm sure you see it with your women as well, that they're so afraid of carbs that they're not really getting much like variety mm-hmm. of the different types of starch. Like white potato, when it's cooled down, is actually really good for the gut. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Yeah. You so know, basically, guys, resistant starch is fire carbs that are cooked and then cooled so you could do mm. it with like I always say to clients mostly rice and potatoes potatoes yeah and so good but like the amount of women who don't eat carbs like, yeah let alone the next day like they're yeah. like oh no I had my one carb a day now for dinner I'll yeah. eat a carb again in two days like do you yeah know? we so, need these to facilitate oh, a so menstrual important. cycle yeah you have to have these starches yeah um and yeah with any women that are skipping periods or missing um like amenorrhea you want to make sure that you're getting those starches in. Yeah. Your carbs are your fuel. I'm mean, yeah. like, you can't drive to Galway and no petrol in your car. Exactly. And they are your carbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even for fuel, I know it's actually really interesting in Chinese medicine, we would see people who can't go to the toilet and we give them chi tonic. So your chi is your, like your energy. It's your, like your, your, your vital force. So I really want one of these chi tonics. I know. <laughs> you use astra- or astragalus. Yeah, I, actually just, I just finished. I just finished my own. So yeah. So we would give, like we have herbs, natural laxative herbs, and I would often give astragalus in it if people are really, mm. really burnt out. So I'm like, you're so deficient. And other kind of questions, people who are chi deficient, I ask them, do they feel better after exercise? So certain people who are so burnt out, they go for a walk and they feel worse. Mm. And it's like they've no energy to even push out their poo. Do you yeah. know that kind of way? Yeah. So sometimes you need to give that the energy and the chi and um, yeah, it's all very much like yeah. linked in together. Um, so guys, we're going to leave it at that because yeah. Jess is a flight to get. <laughs> we really went London. through that quick. We did well. We, we did, did very well. well. I we could have kept going, honestly. We, yeah. I mean, if you want to do the course, that's literally... That was like one module. Yeah, yeah. Of our it'll be 12, whole, 12, 12 weeks, weeks of us. <laughs> we covered, that's that's one actually, that was like week yeah. six or something. Yeah. So there's so much in it. You're going to have both of us on lives. It'd be a nice little community as well. So the idea is that you're going to be starting with a group. We're only going to like limit it maybe to like maybe 50 or 60 people. We want to try to keep it relatively small so we yeah. can actually, I'll have the absolute chats on all the lives, yeah. which we love. Um, so yeah, we'll leave the details below and I'm going to leave Jess's details below as well. She does online consultations, so mm. it doesn't matter if you're not in London, she can um, she can see you from all over the world. And Jessica, thank you so much for it's coming in. It was pleasure. so good to have you. Oh, you're and so welcome. I will chat to you all next week. Yeah. Yay.